0: 24th here as the chair shop podcast comes back to you of a very cold sunday evening i'm one of your hosts barry murphy with me as always is joe towner
1: hello barry and paul
0: and of course our producer mr paul griffin paul how's it going
2: yeah i'm the irish hero you can still rely
0: on folks there he is in all his glory waving his flag
2: i won't get ko'd by some jabron don't worry (laughs) Uh
0: popular Canadian musician Drake was seen hanging out with Paul earlier, um,
1: <laughs>
0: chatting about you know.
1: Wasn't near a primary school, was it? <laughs> no, I- I'm
2: I- not. Sh- I'm not sure I could name you a single Drake song uh, apart from Hotline Bling. Did he? He had one that was called kind of like Oh God Is Good or something,
1: didn't
2: he? <laughs> what? Where is in in like a mall? What's that video?
0: Uh And he's given more, money more. to people. More, more, money? more money, more money, man. Yeah, of course. Yeah, more. beloved love it. Molly, Molly, money, money.
2: <laughs> oh, God's given me lots of money, yeah. and I'm a rapper. Yeah, no, he's, oh, I,
0: uh, God's plan, and it literally just goes, God's, oh, plan. Yeah. God's,
1: God's, God's plan, God's
0: plan, God's plan. God's plan. Uh, yeah. Preacher, do you love me? And of course, the uh, favorite, the, the, the beloved theme of uh, one progress wrestling started from the bottom. Now we're here. Um, that song, God's plan, is absolutely dreadful. By the way, it, it's bad. It's like, yeah, I mean, Drake has had some bangers, but he has also had some absolutely diabolical. Um like he, I I I listened to some of his songs but I would never consider myself I would never go to a Drake concert you know what I mean because he just yeah. has some he has some trash I mean he has some real trash uh, I but, would rather he, listen to a man drake the duck thing <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, a, bit of, a rare bit of music guff to kick off the uh, 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 CSP this week, uh, as we've got, you know, our various other topics to chit-chat <laughs> about. Wait,
2: wait, music guff is, what is that Drake song
0: called? Oh, I hate it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's, the, yeah. that's the segment. That's, well, listen, it's music, is it not? Eh, yeah, you got me there. Um... Anyway, we've got, we've got other uh, uh, bits of Bob's to get into this week. It's been another quiet week, obviously, as it's been here. Uh, you know, uh, continuing to to look for kind of different things to do. I did a bit of painting this weekend. Um, oh,
2: Bob Ross in the house. <laughs> uh, in,
0: in, in the company of my lovely girlfriend, who who is much more artistic than I am. And she, so it was very much her leading the charge. But it was fun. You know, I, I did a little paint of our, of our view out our window. And it was nice to do something other than just, you know, um watching telly and that, which is all I've been doing. Um so that you cut
2: cut like a potato in half and do a little <laughs> print stuff like that.
0: No, I, I, I used a variety of brushes and I also used some charcoal. Oh, okay. oh hello. Oh. Uh, yeah, you know Salvador <laughs> Barry. <obviously>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know just a little bit of texture on that you know Um, yeah so we did that that was fun Um, you know just to, to change it up a bit but you know working away it's effing cold here um yeah in the but i will say in in i've got friends you know you, you check out the old the old instagram and whatnot and friends in galway and dublin and they're having real deal snow days whereas Limerick, it's just it's just we've had a bit of sleet but it's just too cold and wet down here to have we have not had any picturesque snow days such as i know i mean i know joe's had a very uh he's in, he's in real winter wonderland at the moment Oh baby, you're not, wrong. You're not uh, wrong. But just just lots of cold, shitty wetness down here, as is often the case.
1: Yeah,
2: it's been disappointingly not snowy uh, where I am. Um, I was up at about one a.m. last night, and I looked out the window, and some snow had fallen. You know, the tops of the cars and the the roofs had a bit of whiteness on them. And then I woke up this morning expecting, oh, we'll have had more snow, and it was exactly the same. And then by Kind of the early afternoon when I was went out for a walk, the snow had almost all disappeared. We had almost no snow.
1: Yeah, so we we had, it was a very exciting day actually. I have to say because we we were in bed probably 10, 10.30 this morning and curtains drawn, so couldn't see what's going on outside. Um, saw a few people tweeting about snow, but you know people tweet about snow at the slightest bit of slush. You know they get carried away. So I thought I ignore that. Um, eventually looked at Instagram and saw people had you know, put up actual videos of actual snow, leapt out of bed. See, that's the only thing that can really get me out of bed these days is a, the sort of, a, you know, interesting weather. Um, pulled open the curtains. Bloody hell, it's only a winter wonderland. Um, <laughs> actual proper snow. You could see it falling in the air like big, big snowflakes. And then it was actually settling as well. So um got me said, Michelle, Michelle wait, get out of bed, get out of bed, come on, look. And um, we stood there a gog, watching the snowfall, very, very pleased. I uh, whacked on a bit of Christmas music um, <laughs> to celebrate. was enjoying, enjoying that. And then we went out for a lovely walk through the snow. Uh, by that time, it had actually stopped. It only lasted for a few hours. And so by the time we got out, it was a little bit slushy. But um, to be honest, it was probably the most exciting thing that's happened in a few months, <laughs> considering considering the lockdown, considering what we've been up to. Having a mm. snow day was a very needed um, change of pace a little bit of excitement just to break things up and we saw lots of uh, snowmen outside as we went on our walk which is very nice as well with proper carrots for noses and big oh. black. i don't think people have coal these days unfortunately apart from barry obviously for his for his artwork but um mm. people don't have coal for buttons but they'd use like black little rocks and things so yeah very very nice very exciting day
0: lovely um what about you, Paul?
2: Yeah, like I said, we had no snow, uh, but I did go for a little walk earlier, um up to Leakslip dam, which I've never visited before there's like a there's like a dam up the river, and it's only like a ten minute walk away, and I've never been there <laughs> in thirty two years um so that was quite nice quite ex- quite exciting to discover a little bit of the town that I've never visited um and then walked up to Luke in the back. So that was quite nice. Wrapped up well because it was very cold. Um, and yeah, That's pretty much all uh, I got up to this weekend. But one thing I want to mention as well. A-, a dream I had on, not last night, but the night before. I had a dream. and I should have put money on. I had a dream that Dustin Poirier knocked out Conor Craig. <laughs> 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 With the right hook. Uh, now, to be fair, in my dream, it was in the fourth round, and it actually happened in the second round. So I wouldn't have won money had I gone that specifically, but it was even the the same punch I dreamt. It was like a right hook punch mm. to put him down. Oh, God, if, my, if, if I put some money on exactly my dream, I would have won a bit of money because he was an underdog. But that was funny. I've, I don't think I've ever had a dream. Like, you know, I I have dreams where I'm watching football or whatever sometimes. <laughs> what an exciting dream. Um, <laughs> but r- rarely would I would I have a dream that's so specifically tied to an mm-hmm. event that was happening like or, the next day. Premonition. Yeah. Uh, didn't watch that uh, shite anyway. Did not waste my time. I had a lovely sleep last night. Ooh, it was great. Um, But you'll be surprised to hear that the post office are at it again.
1: Well, they may not say. they're,
2: well, they they're at it were... again. Okay. Um, so I mentioned last week or the week before maybe that I had got like an award from work thing, right? Uh, still don't have it, lads. Even though it was supposed to have been posted. Oh. Out for a um So something. I'm not. I'm not necessarily blaming the post office. Maybe the people at work put the wrong address, or or maybe it's sitting under someone's desk and they forgot to send it out. I don't know. But I'm yet to get my voucher. I'm yet to get my little certificate, my little fake Oscar statuette. <laughs> And my little box chocolates, most importantly. My little, I don't know what they'll mm. be, heroes, probably, or celebrations. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: both good, both good.
2: Mm. Yeah, so every day I'm looking out the window for the post to arrive. And invariably, no no big box for Paul. And then we'll get to game GameGuff later on, right? Uh, a day late, my Hitman 3 arrives. No problem. I'm, I'm okay. A day, a day late is fine. That's out of the post control. Smith uh smith's only sent it out smith's toy store on the on the tuesday and it came out on the wednesday it arrived on the thursday look you can't ask for more than that really
1: hmm.
2: um plug that into the little playstation <laughs> uh, can i play no you cannot because um you did because io interactive who developed the game put out a, a an extra feature that if you want to carry all your progress over to hitman Three. You sign up to a little website with your your IO Interactive login, go through a little process, and we'll transfer your data, and it'll be all there waiting for you um, when you turn the game on. Now, that's probably true, because I still haven't been able to get into the game three <laughs> days later or whatever it is. Um, it seems to be, from looking through tweets and so on, right? that if you did the carryover before turning the game on, that's where there's been some kind of corruption of the data okay and that's what i did i i because the game hadn't arrived by the time that this thing had come out so i logged on and did it and then when i got the game i put it in it didn't, it didn't work um and i was thinking if they had just not mentioned the, that there was carryover of the progress and it's just look it's, it's a new game you just start from scratch yeah okay. I, I wouldn't have even thought about it i wouldn't even have even thought twice about it and if i had found out at the time like, let's say that I got lucky and didn't even read a tweet that there was a carryover thing until the until the Thursday. I would have seen that it was giving people issues. I would have just not done it. You
1: hmm.
0: know what I
2: mean? Um, but since it's there, I I like I was watching some of your um hitman streams on YouTube there, Barry. Qu- hmm. um, quick plug for you there. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much. And you're you're uh, you're good at it. You're good at it. You're, you're not an expert like me. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. but like i'm i'm level 140 you think oh man. my god <laughs> <laughs> so understandably i have a lot of stuff unlocked to carry over do you know um and that's why i fell into the trap of doing it io and and the first day the, the the thursday i was really nice and really patient i was like look io interactive or a little indiv- independent company it's not like your ea or your activision um I'll let them work on it. I'm going to play a bit of Hitman 2 and the game will be working soon. And, and look, I'm not going to get all angry about it and I'm not going to get all agitated. And then Friday came and the game still wasn't working and I was giving out and throw. <laughs> I wasn't throwing out, but I was having a big old stomp and a big old tantrum. And then uh, Barry, you tweeted. I, I, I'm not, I wasn't frustrated at Barry, obviously, but Barry tweeted to IO like, because um, it was a, a separate issue, like you couldn't Get your Hitman One levels working, Hitman. Yeah, 3 I was like, "Don't worry about that. I can't even play the game. Don't worry about Hitman One levels. Come on now." Um, and yeah, I still, I still can't play it, um, which is a huge pain, especially when you see the people who are playing it having just a whale of a time, loving it. Um, little Paul still playing Hitman Two like a rube <laughs> to, to uh, keep me going because I figured. I, I, I finished Hitman 2 for all intents and purposes, but I the last like DLC level, Haven Island, I think it's called, Yeah, I never like completed completed it. I think I got like s- seven mastery on it. I was like, oh, enough of Hitman now. So I went back and completed that, and I'm going to pick up the last few trophies that I'm missing as a kind of refresh, a kind of reminder how to play the game. And then when Hitman 3 starts working, hopefully this week, um, I'll be ready to just seamlessly go into it, but um, yeah. In summary, have a headache. My awards never arrived. My game arrived that I've been waiting for, and then that, that didn't work. Um, we didn't get any snow. Yeah, what a week, eh?
0: Yeah, the the hitman situation was really <laughs> was really frustrating. Um, if, like they have had issues with basically every launch, effectively because. This series, despite being the most like staunchly and straightforward single player game out there, just inexplicably has an online element um, that that's broken at launch every time. Um, uh, like I, I think actually on my very 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 first stream of Hitman, when I played Paris for the first time, I had I was there's a, probably a solid twenty minutes of me faffing around. Because their server died, um, that week because it was launch week and they were having issues. But the way that game does on online functionality, they it distinguishes between what your save game is when you're in an online state and what your save game is when you've no internet connection i don't know why again it's not like they're trying to prevent cheating with other players it's a single no, player it's, pre- it's presumably like an anti-piracy measure something like that so i remember and i didn't know any of this until like the, so like so i got a message saying oh you've been disconnected from the server I was like okay whatever i've been disconnected from the server and then it like kicks me back to the main menu and i'm like wait wait what and i try and load my save that was like 45 minutes into the first level and it's like no no you can't access that save because you're not touching the server i was like what the fuck is that that's absolutely ridiculous uh hitman 2 had basically the same thing the game came out the servers broke and people were getting kicked out of their own games and i think there's been there has on top of all the other issues there's been a little bit of that as well with this game Uh, but the main issue is yeah the, the process you were describing i had that same Uh, issue i bought the game digitally so i got it so i I was playing it on wednesday but i wasn't playing it on wednesday um because i was having the issue you were having with the progress carryover and it's like they but and the thing is like i so i had the game and the progress carryover wasn't working for me. And I was like, okay, well whatever. Who it does what difference does it really make? I'll just start the game. But they're like, if you start the game and you play a hundred hours of it, and then you do the carryover from Hitman 2, it'll erase your progress on Hitman 3. So so you basically have to just like choose now to either do it or not do it, because doing it later will wipe any progress you make in the meantime, I was like, this is unbelievably broken. This is unbelievably broken. Um, Now you might think, right? Can you not just
2: play offline? Because the offline mode for me would theoretically work because what's blocking me is when it tries to connect fetching profile. uh, Sorry, it didn't work. Um, But the problem is with the offline, because it's presumably some kind of anti-piracy thing, you can't like get, experience and unlocks in the offline mode the offline mode is like a very very basic version of the actual game um and that's kind of the whole point of the game is like the replayability of the levels to get experience and progress through the mastery system and unlock loads of cool stuff to use
0: so look i'm not gonna play it it's,
2: we'll it's, talk more we'll talk more about hitman later i
0: guess very yeah when, when yeah I, it's just it but it is very very frustrating um, and as you said, I did have, it's like, I got my progress carried over from two and I got my levels carried over so I could access the, the the levels of two in Hitman 3, right? And as you mentioned there, I was having this issue where I couldn't get access to the Hitman 1 levels, even though I own them. and And at a certain point, I was like, you know what? Like fuck this! Who cares? Whatever. I'll just, and then I got, and then I was like, no, actually, I will be annoyed about this. Um, I want to have that because this is a selling point. I want to have all the levels in this one game. That is part of what you were selling. Uh, and I've supported this game. I was supporting this game in 2016 when not a soul boss the effing thing. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but did, did you
2: um it, did you import the Hitman One levels into Hitman Two, or is this the first time doing it?
0: Uh so so yeah that was that was what I, I figured out. So I believe I did, I could have sworn I did, but basically the way I, I solved the problem with, with someone else's suggestion, so fucking stupid. I installed Hitman 1 again, the original game, on my PS5. Uh and then in that in-game store, I clicked on the upgrade upgrade to Hitman 2, not Hitman 3, upgrade to Hitman 2. Which then, once I did that, it then unlocked the upgrade to Hitman Three thing. It is the most R.C. fucking uh, scenic route way of um, of doing things. But anyway, long story short, now that we've we've kind of early jumped into game guff here, I got my progress transferred over. I got I have access to all the levels, and then I play and I have only played one, but I have played the first level of Hitman Three in the end. So you, Paul, you have not played any of it at all to this stage, have you? no okay um
2: i've seen i tell you what my review of hitman 3 is i've seen the start splash page
0: and that looks real nice that's my review okay uh we'll talk we'll, we'll uh, hopefully by this time next week you'll have played uh some or uh, some of it at the very least so we can chat <laughs> i them. love
2: that on our last podcast i remember you saying like oh we'll be here with our hitman 3 thoughts and we just spent
0: 20 minutes talking about how the game doesn't work it's well, but, but i mean that's that has been the story and it's funny because like yourself uh, all I wanted... It's just been a shitty work week, not for any particular major reason. It's just been one of those weeks where it's just like, oh, my God. Can, you know, get me to 5 o'clock and stuff. And Wednesday, I was like, well, at the very least, 5 o'clock will roll around and I have a new Hitman game to play. Because I mentioned on this show last week how I went back and I finished Hitman 2 and I was having a great time with it. And, oh, I'm back in the mood. I'm back in the Hitman fever. And then, and so, yeah, Wednesday rolled around. And because I was faced with the prospect of, okay, you can play now, but you're you're basically pissing hours down the toilet because you're going to lose all this content i ended up not playing wednesday passed and i didn't play it and i was like that is as annoying as humanly possible but look i did play it and i'll just keep it brief until you've at least played the first level and we can have a proper chat about it. but it's very good they've they have you know it's it's, a, it's an opening level in the style of paris where you just get the sense of this might end up being a thing that people just have endless amounts of fun with uh, in contracts and speed running and doing all that i've done all the main uh mission story you know the three big ones they basically walk you through i've done all of those um and i have i've i've kind of read through the list of challenges and, and thought to myself wow there's there's a lot of cool stuff um in that first level alone so that's good uh but yeah we'll we'll, we'll talk about it more next week once once you've uh seen it through to the end um yeah uh, and you know, it's I like the. I think I don't think there's any actual visual differences on the the between the two consoles. I watched a it was a really interesting digital foundry video. The, there's no real, there's there's not a whole lot of difference, but the the loading times are greatly reduced on the new console, which is great because that's one thing. When I booted up Hitman Two there last week, I was like, oh, I forgot how long it takes to get into a game on this, and how um, you know when it like you know when you pause and it does a little mini save. And it like yeah. it, it like stutters for like five seconds going into the pause screen. I was like, oh, I didn't miss that. And so they on on the next version, they've tidied that up. But other than that, it's kind of just like here's your hitman, which is good. They haven't they haven't uh, toyed with it to any great degree. Um, but yeah, so we'll chat more about that next week. That's that's the Life Golf slash a preview of Game Cup for you, uh, everyone. Um, I did also, you know, to cap off my my, my shitty week of things not working. Um, I played the most uh, elaborate and complicated game ever, which is trying to speak to a human at Microsoft on the phone, Um, (laughs) because I ordered a few weeks ago the uh, memory expansion gimmick for the Xbox um, uh, the, the, the new Xbox because obviously they have like a uh, proprietary you have to buy this memory thing if you want extra memory on the Xboxes because they have those fancy new solid state drives you can't just go to you know fucking Curry's and just buy a hard drive you have to buy their dedicated thing so I was like alright I'll buy that uh, three weeks went by no hard drive the email confirmation where it said it shipped out gave me like half a UPS number that did not work Um, uh, and so I had to ring them up and uh, no sorry I did live chat with them for uh, a few minutes I spoke to the AI uh, the AI asked me several times has this solved your problem I said no AI it has not because I'm i I'm asking you where is my delivery and you're asking me do you want to purchase game pass? I was like, no machine. I have that. (laughs) So you are looking to purchase an Xbox. I'm like, no, I have an Xbox. Thank you very much. I have, and it's like, I had all my stuff. I was like, I have my order number. I have the device name. I have all the stuff you need. And it's like, so eventually you go through that ring roll. It's like, I hope this has been helpful. Would you like to speak to a human? And I was like, yes, let me talk to a human. So then I talked to a human on web chat and I, I go through the rigmarole of talking to the human for about a half hour. And um, and she took all my details. She's like, oh, okay. So yeah, it seems to be, uh, you know, you're, you got, you, your tracking doesn't seem to be updating. How unusual. And I, I spoke to her for a half hour. And then she goes, anyway, I'm not actually part of the sales team, so I can't like help you, but here's a phone number you can ring. I was like, why, you, why didn't you just, when I said I, I, I'm, oh, I ordered a memory card and it's not here yet, why didn't you say oh call this number why did you spend 20 minutes investigating it just to tell me i'm in the wrong department anyway so then i called the number and as is often the case these days you know you have to wait for ages on you know on the phone and then i did get through to a very helpful lady where she was like oh it looks like it's missing and i was like cool great by the way, these are uh, these proprietary uh this is a great racket Microsoft has. You have to buy these these memory expansions from them uh uh, uh to, to work with the new Xbox Series S or X consoles. There are two hundred and fifty bones for Ooh. one of these, uh, for a terabyte. So it's not even like a gigantic it's not even like, you know, a, a 10 terabyte thing that lasts you the, the console generation, but I needed it. So I bought it and uh, she's like, okay, so um, uh, really sorry about that. Uh, uh, we'll, I'll, I'll escalate this to our, you know, whatever team who will look into, to, to, to that for you. And she's like, I'll send you out another one. I was like, okay, you'll you'll send me out another one or like, or you'll like process another order and charge me for another one? And she's like, well, I'll charge you for another one and I'll send it out to you. And then I'll pop it over to this other team who might give you a refund. I was like, okay, good. That's cool. So I was like, just so we're clear, I'm, I'm now 500 quid in the whole <laughs> on this, um, on this, uh, memory thing. So, so that, the, the, what the reprocessed one, and she did put it on the, on whatever the fucking next level shipping thing is. So that is supposed to be here tomorrow. So... So hopefully this time next week on the show I'll have had my memory card and I'll also have had a refund for the other two hundred and fifty quid one that never came. Um, but uh, so that's that's been my week. Um, so Paul, I may have gotten Hitman working a little bit better than you, but I'm I am the cost of a PS5 down uh, on accessories. If that's made us even. <laughs> <laughs> do you just be eating
2: like paper or something these days? How do you be buying Xboxes and PlayStations and Xbox magic memory and stuff? Oh my god.
0: Well I'll tell I'll tell you what, it it wasn't the barrel that lapsed when I found out I had to pay for a second one. <laughs> uh but uh, I said, lucky for you, Microsoft lady, I got nothing else to do <laughs> or nowhere else to be. So um yeah. So anyway, that's been that's been the week we've all we've, we've all got our grousing in, um, uh, which is good. Uh, let's let's move on to the hopefully all the entertainment we consumed this week was great to elevate us. I know dynamite wasn't, but we'll talk about the other stuff. Uh, who uh, who has watched any bit of telly? I haven't watched a whole lot of telly this week myself. What about you, lads?
1: I've watched a bit of telly. Um, I finally well we we finished um, the West Wing. Which we'd started back in October, just before the election. So we actually finished it, I think, on inauguration day. So it's very, uh, very appropriate uh, for the West Wing. So that was good. Unfortunately, now that means we have to find a new thing to watch because, and that is obviously quite an effort. Because you know, you get into a, a long show that's got like 150 episodes, and it's like great if we don't know what to put on, stick that on two, three episodes of that. Boom! Don't have to think about it. Now we got to find another box set to watch so we're kind of watching different things until we we find something else. Um so we started uh The Detectorists, which is the Mackenzie Crook uh written, directed and starring uh, sitcom. Uh I think it was a few years ago. Now they, they did 3 seasons of it. Um I never got around to watching it, but yes, did did season 1 of that and it's a very fun little show. Um it's him and Toby Jones uh the um quite well regarded actor i can not remember he was in capote was it capote whatever the, that movie was called uh, lots of other things so it's good it's about two guys who go around with metal detectors um in the countryside trying to find you know things of interest you know treasure or historical artifacts and they just find uh, bottle caps of toys and things so but uh yeah really really kind of fun sweet little shows so i'm looking looking forward to getting on to season 2 of that and we also started uh, Russell T. Davis' uh, new series, It's a Sin, which is set in the early 80s during the very beginning of the AIDS crisis. Um, so it's about three young gay gentlemen uh, at a time where, um, obviously being gay is still very taboo, post-decriminalisation of homosexuality, but um, obviously not, not the kind of slightly more enlightened times we're in now. Um but yeah, there's there's it's a very kind of fun, quite sort of joyous show, but in the background is this um sort of a epidemic sort of lurking that they don't realise is coming and it's you know starting to affect people. Um so I don't know how long he's been planning this, but obviously he's parallels with the the COVID uh pandemic and how suddenly, you know, we were all just just what, probably a year ago, we we're all having a wonderful time. Uh, little did we know that all of a sudden life would change very very quickly but yeah very good show we only watched episode 1 um, they have actually put up the whole series on channel 4 uh, on all 4 which is annoying because now I'm worried someone's going to spoil it on Twitter um, but we're going to watch one episode a week but uh, yeah I definitely recommend that show it's a very, very fun show even despite the kind of underlying subject matter so uh, yeah that was really good so some good, some good TV this week um,
2: I just—you're gonna laugh at me now—but I have always, for some reason, read the detectorists as the Decemberists, <laughs> and I just thought it was something about December.
1: Okay, that's interesting.
2: I don't know why. It's only when you started talking about metal detectors and I was like, oh, detectors. That's what.
1: Yeah. That's what it's called. This is a, um, this is a debiosity situation we got going.
2: On. A little bit, yeah. Well, um, my mind has been. Blown a little bit, my eyes have been opened up. Um we started watching Avatar. We're still very early in. I don't know. we already watched the first three episodes. Of season three, the last season of Avatar, The Last Airbender. It's good. It's a show I enjoy. We need to watch more of it. It's, it's we we watched three pretty much what the day after we finished Twin Peaks, and then I don't know. One thing one thing or another this week just Gotten away. We watch a lot of the soup, actually. Maybe I need to, I need to cut back in the
1: soup and watch a bit more Avatar,
2: because Avatar is great, and I do need to get it finished.
1: Oh, well, I don't know. If you don't watch the soup, how else are you going to find out what Paris Hilton's up to?
2: Yeah, well, one thing about the soup is they make they make a lot of Larry King's old <laughs> jokes, <laughs> <laughs>
1: and this
0: was like a decade ago. <laughs> how are you? Uh, how, how are you going to find out how season one of The Walking Dead ends? You know. They just had on the
2: last episode we watched a the the <laughs> soup walking dead clip with like um Norman Reedus and Steven Yeun. Oh wow. So there you go. Um it's it it's all um Jersey Shore at the moment because we're in like October of 2011. Okay. So it's it's like season 3 or season 4 of Jersey Shore is the main kind of thrust mm-hmm. of uh, of the show at the moment. Um also Having finished Twin Peaks, I started reading a book. How about that? A
1: book? Oh! Listen,
2: it likes
0: this (laughs) bookie-wook.
2: It's called Twin Peaks. I mean, The Secret History, I think? The Secret Secret History of Twin Peaks. It's a big, hefty book written by Mark Frost, who's the co-creator of the series with David Lynch. And... um, it's a book which provides background information on the history of the town and the characters. And it's it's done as like a an FBI dossier and it goes into like weird occurrences from like the 1800s with like Thomas Jefferson and the Lewis and Clark expedition and Meriwether Lewis and Anton, uh, Hamilton Alexander Hamilton Um and goes into like the the native american influence on the 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 area where twin peaks is is located okay. and the influence that has on on happenings and it's it's re- really interesting i'm about 60 pages in it's about it's about a 400 page book so it's fairly substantial i've also ordered from eason and it's on the way should arrive tomorrow or the next day twin peaks the final dossier the follow up book to um, The Secret History. The Secret History came out in 2016, a year before the uh, the latest season, and it actually hints a lot at stuff that happened in the 2017 season. So I'm interested to see how the final dossier, the follow-up book, refers back to the season and gives a little bit more insight on maybe the lore and the mythology of the show. It's really interesting. It's really good. Hmm.
1: Okay, that was uh, books in telegraph. Yeah, we had games and music off in lifeguard, and then we had <laughs> telegraph. Well, I what's mean, coming up in movie, Guff? bloody plays, or <laughs> 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 Well, it
2: was, it was, it was, it was a, it was a telly book. Yes, yeah.
1: tele book off. Yeah. Nice. Alrighty. Uh, any movies? 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 <laughs>
0: Uh movies, movies, movies. Yeah, I didn't watch any TV this week really of any note. Uh movies. Rewatched uh some movies. Wasn't really in the mood to tackle anything new much new over the week. Rewatched we the first Jackass movie. <sighs> um which, you know, I think as I said before, whenever I re Jackass, it just harkens back to a simpler time, you know, <laughs> uh in in life. Um when like you had the internet and you occasionally saw a, a, like a 240p video of someone falling down on the internet. Um, <laughs> whereas these days, everything is just uh, try hard prank bros, you know, with none, no, none of the charm or ingenuity or,
2: or, you know, uh, Well, I mean, I, I feel like try hard prank bros is becoming the, Oh, remember when the good old days, like influencer and influencer culture is so Bland and boring these days. Everyone is a boring, no personality.
0: Yeah, uh, it is. It is. It is kind of becoming the thing now where. It it we're sort of entering the stage where most influencers they're kind of like it's funny we just mentioned Paris Hilton, it's like they're they're kind of just becoming socialites where it's like they are just becoming famous for having money and being seen to live a nice life and you know and it's less about oh once upon a time they were a stunt person or a prankster or a, a shitty comedian, you know. Now like
2: is. even even Paris Hilton had a gimmick per se. She had her oh that's hot and da da da, right? These people don't even have that. They're just nobody. It's like everybody is either um, Kylie Jenner Mm. clone or like, I don't know, like a Zayn Malik clone. That's what the world is now. Just (laughs) one of those two uh,
0: categories. That's what they are. We're really sending like old men on this fucking thing. Well, bring back the days of Jackass back in two. But uh, but yeah, so Jackass, the, the first movie, a, a, you know, good fun in, in the way you kind of remember Jackass. I mean, I, I I could have done with some lesser arses and shit, you know, to be quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> a lot Put that on the DVD of... cover. Less arses and shit. Please. There's, there's, uh, a, there's a lot of poop in this movie. A lot of poop. Um, but, you know, that's what the show was. It was a show of two halves. Um uh, and it was it, it, two halves and poop coming out the middle. Two halves yeah. coming out the middle, yeah, lovely. Um, so yeah, so it was a uh, you know a solid time. It's it's jackass, you know. I also I also rewatched Ready or Not, which was a twenty nineteen film, which I loved. It, you know, it's it's a really 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 fun kind of like sort of darkly comic horror movie with a great cast. Um. Andy McDowell, among others, in there. Um, Samara Weaving in the main role, really good. That's on your 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 now TV. Uh, if anyone has that, um, and then I watched a movie I had not seen before today, just a few hours before this podcast, up on the old Netflix. I watched 2012's Dread mm. uh, with Carl Urban. Um, you know, not quite sliced alone, but he did he did do in the movie he did do a good. Uh, um which was which was good uh that movie is great um i don't know how i haven't seen it until now i don't know why i haven't seen it until now i mean i i i remember loving judge Dredd as a kid even though i wasn't supposed to be reading it because it was not for not for little kiddies but i loved it uh, And then i saw the movie when i shouldn't have as well and that was great um i have not i actually have not gone back and watched that movie since i was a child i can't imagine it's <laughs> um worth revisiting really at all but um but yeah, so I watched Raid, and it was fucking great. It's really, really great. I think the uh, the obvious comparison is to the Raid. You know, it is very much uh noir cyberpunky comic book. Twist on the raid, where you've got this uh, these two cops who go into a uh, a a futuristic dystopian mega block of apartments to get a suspect uh the crime boss locks down the the tower block to to keep the cops in and sets all their their gang underlings on them and the cops fight their way up to the top to get to evil Lena Hadley um uh, so um it's great yeah it's really fantastic and it's it's uh gory and over the top and and, and crazy uh, with plenty of cheese as well it's not really played straight it's super uh it, it is very 90s um but yeah loved it so that was uh that was the only new film well, not even new but it's the only new to me film that i watched this week
1: yes hmm, nice. uh I watched, i've got a couple of films actually four films um My list gone. I forgot to watch. Oh, we watched a a movie called Boy Erased, which um, is based on a true story about a kid that gets sent to a kind of uh, what are they called like a sexual orientation realignment? Oh, therapy, conversion therapy, yeah, conversion therapy. therapy, That's the one. Um, it's it's about it's a based on true story, and yeah, and he gets sent to this very um intense very strange kind of christian uh, run camp where they try to uh, brainwash all these kids into thinking that they're, they're not gay or at least convincing them that they can change it by just behaving differently um i was put off a bit by the thumbnail of this movie which features um nicole kidman and russell crowe as the parents and in the in the, the thumbnail on netflix they both look really kind of wacky and i was worried it's going to be one of those movies where you get like an A-list actor who's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put on a very a performance in this movie. I'm gonna really act it up with a crazy performance, um, and they do a little bit, but they're actually not in the movie that much, to be fair. So that that so it turned out quite well. Um, it's actually, I think, is it Lucas Hedges? I think it's the yeah. main actor. Yeah, and he's really really good. <laughs> Uh, as as the main character and it also features um, Joel Edgerton as like the um the guy running the the uh reeducation camp um who is also really really fantastic so i think their two performances really really kind of make it and uh yeah really interesting film it, it kind of explores similar territory to you know some other kind of films like that there was one i reviewed uh before christmas that features you one out of stranger things and she goes to like a christian camp and mm. She was having, you know, sexual urges, and stuff. kind of similar, similar grounds to that, but, but quite well done, and um, yeah, interesting story. Uh, also watched um, a documentary about the Bee Gees um, last night, which I think is a HBO documentary. I'm not 100 sure it's on Now TV, but a really fascinating look. My my knowledge of the Bee Gees was obviously like Saturday night, Saturday Night Fever, and they did disco in the 70s and have those really high pitched. Um, you know how deep is your love? Voices and all that. Um, but what I didn't know is they were huge in the sixties and actually inspired by the Beatles. Did a lot of kind of sixties uh, sort of Brit pop um, stuff and were really really huge. Not as big as the Beatles, but like a huge kind of British invasion type band. Then they fell into complete obscurity. Uh, before coming back in the seventies with the whole kind of disco sound I and mean, becoming even bigger than they were before, so it was really, really kind of interesting. They um, obviously two of the BGS are dead, so they only had sort of recent interviews with with Barry Gibb, who's still alive. But they use a lot of kind of archive footage of hmm. the other two and a lot of people. But yeah, really, really fascinating look at them as a band, but also as kind of the you know popular culture from kind of early sixties through to to the eighties. Um, so yeah, definitely would not recommend that. Uh watched another documentary called Baby God. Uh, cool. This is about a fertility doctor in Nevada in, I think, from kind of the 50s or 60s, um, and he, he worked through to kind of, right through to the 90s, 2000s. Um, but what yeah, what he did was he worked with a lot of you know women who were having trouble to conceive, and what he did was he donated his own sperm uh, to them for them to conceive, Without oh, them, without them knowing, Oh. Um, so the 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 kind of story of it is he actually tells the story of one of the um, one of the women who was yeah, born uh, from this uh, horrible deception that he um, carried out, and it's her trying to track down a lot of the sort of half siblings that are out there who were born from uh, from this, and it's really kind of interesting, and they they all. You know, they all obviously have very different lives, but you can kind of see sort of similar thread running running through to their lives, having come from this slightly strange, you know, origin. Uh, and it gets into a lot of the kind of psychology of you know maybe why he did it, how he got away with it. You know, the, the sort of changing attitudes towards like parentage and how DNA has enabled us to kind of know exactly who our uh, what our lineages and who our parents are, whereas before you you can there's no real way of knowing. Um, exactly who you were apart from obviously the mother giving birth um so really interesting quite short it was only like an hour hour and 10 minutes but another hbo documentary but yeah i definitely recommend that one as well very kind of interesting look into something that obviously would never be able to happen these days um and then today i watched a movie that i've never actually seen before an 80s classic the never-ending story um i somehow never watched this as a kid uh but just kind of randomly put it on today um, thought the start was really good. It kind of reminded me of, like, Labyrinth or Princess Bride, those kind of 80s fantasy movies. I did switch off a bit once he went into the sort of fantasy land and there was loads of, like, puppets and stuff going, you know, orcs and orcs and, and all that sort of thing, crystals. Um, I I did kind of switch off a bit. It did lose me after that. Um, I don't think the main kid was that sort of charismatic or, or interesting. Um, but, yeah, that was never-ending story. I'm not sure what to make of that review. It was on... I don't know. If anyone has got strong thoughts on it, please email in. <laughs> but yeah, the never-ending story. Uh yeah, that was that was it for this week. The old movies.
0: That was the movie golf for the week. Any uh any video game golf beyond the old uh, hitman chit chat. I, I myself haven't really played anything other than I downloaded that Resident Evil demo for the new one. Um, it's kind of exactly what it looks like. It's a, it's an extremely graphically impressive one of those things where you walk around a creepy place in first person and there are things scuttling around behind you and then it ends with a big monster coming out. It was fine. Um, but uh, seen, other than the fact that it's a really, really, really nice looking thing that looks like, oh, this is like a native you know, PS5-ish thing. Uh, I've seen 10 million things like this, so not much to say about it. Um, but, yeah, I, I I didn't play much this week. What about you, lads? Anything else? Well, I've played Hitman 2 quite a bit. Well, that's a good game. We know that's a good game.
2: As I mentioned, good game, works as well, with the same profile. <laughs> well, it, well, it did the first, but, you know, it works now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm doing, um, as I said, the the island, uh, Haven Island, set in the Maldives, which is a really fun island. I didn't realize um obviously i realized at some point but i didn't remember that that um dlc for hitman 2 was like 40 euro
0: yeah yeah i i i never got around to those because obviously as i mentioned i i'm i fell off hitman and i was going to i was like oh well i'll just bring him into hitman 3 but yeah 40 quid is a bit steep from walk so
2: yeah it's like you get the two levels which to be fair those two levels are great
0: yeah, human the, the levels tend to be the New York
2: one in particular. That's that's entirely takes place within a bank is, is a lot of fun. Um, but then you get like two sniper assassin missions. I hate sniper assassin, that mode is rubbish and stupid, and I'll never <laughs> play it. Um, and then a load of like not cosmetic per se, but like you know, add on kind of like costume guns. Um, I would have figured by now you could have like picked that up on a sale or something,
0: but it seems like it's it's kind of
2: held at 40 euro yeah so i wouldn't necessarily recommend so unless like like me you're you're mad at it man and you just wanted two extra levels then if you get like a gift of card or a voucher then go for it but like 40 euro is definitely a bit too steep for it i would say more in the kind of 20 range would would probably be a better price for it um but yeah playing that level i i got the the 20 out of 20 mastery on it i um as I said, I have like five trophies left to get, and I'll pick those off and, and finish that. Hitman though is a is a funny game insofar as there was one um, assassination on the on the Maldives level where you need to do do a, a mission for for one of the the targets, like go get a USB key, and then you need to she'll go talk to another character but you have to kill that character that she's going to talk to so that she goes out of her loop and it triggers another action to lead to the assassination right um but what i did was i went to where that person was and in like in the maldives if you can picture the maldives in your head <laughs> they often have the like the hotel rooms that are like suspended above water oh, on like yeah. One yeah. pylons or whatever right so in the bathroom there's like a little trap door I guess, fire escape type thing. So I, I, I took the little latch off that. So when they walk in the bathroom, they don't realize and they fall through the door and die, right? So I did that. It's like oh, this a, a nice sneaky way that I can get in. That character will, will die. And then the character that I am working with, let's say, will go find that he's dead and that'll trigger the thing, right? Okay. So I go back to where I need to like hide so that the person will come back and I'll kill them, right? So I'm hiding behind a little plant pot (laughs) in a spa, right? And I'm waiting there for like 10 minutes. And then the little um, insert comes up that the second person has also got into the bathroom and fallen through the, the, the trap door. And I'm like, oh, no! so hitman although i've I've had a lot a lot of frustrations with it this week it's still a game that i can lose like 25 minutes of progress and just like laugh at it and not be angry um i thought that was very very funny i was laughing just at myself going oh god i it worked the first time and it worked too well it killed the second person i didn't even want to kill yeah it's yeah it's
0: it's it's a wonderful it's a wonderful series um
2: speaking of wonderful series, is I, uh, I'm i also going back, as I mentioned, and 100%ing the Donkey Kong Country games on, okay. the, uh, on the Super Nintendo via the Switch. Uh, 100%ed Donkey Kong Country. Mm. Actually, 101%ed because of rare. Oh, them cheeky boys at rare always have to have a little twist on it. So it's actually 101% completion. Mm. I completed Donkey Kong Country 2, 102% completion. And I'm currently about 30% into Donkey Kong Country 3. Um, those games are wonderful. They're very short. Um, I'd say 100%ing the first Donkey Kong game took me... Well, Donkey Kong Country game took me about two hours. Uh, and the second one took me about five hours, four to five hours. Um, yeah, they're fun. Like what? I'll, what I'll do typically is I'll just play through the level, try and get everything myself, and if I miss anything like each level will usually have two or three bonus barrels like a little mini game you do to get the bonus coin the collectible and then we'll have like a dk coin that you have to collect the level as well so i'll just play through and if i miss one of those i'll go oh where was it and i'll go back and get it like i'll look up a guide and go oh where was it oh there it is i go back and get it. um these are my first games ever playing with the switches rewind oh yeah function for the, for the super nintendo games such a joy to just breeze through these games like Within an hour, I have like ninety nine lives. <laughs> I never die. Um, so yeah, I might actually go back and do like Super Mario World, Super Mario Bros. Three, um, because it's just so easy to like to hundred percent them. Um, it makes completion in the sense of I've beaten this game before, but I want to go back and get do like do all the content that I've never done before. It makes that very easy. Um, I, I'd say if I was playing a game for the first time, I would maybe not use. rewind so often and because it it definitely does make it a bit too easy but for for revisiting games especially games for your childhood that you've maybe beaten before um it makes it a much easier less frustrating revisit Mm. um it allows you to get to that content much more easily because donkey Kong in particular some of those levels are, are like pixel perfect you have to be so exact in your movement i don't know how i beat those games without the rewind um yeah it's really fun and those games are great they look fantastic the music is absolutely wonderful in those games and uh, i would give them the highest of recommendations the only one i ever played as a kid was three uh two is in my mind far and away the best of the trilogy um it has the best levels the best music the Mm -hmm. best you play as dixie and uh diddy the two most fun to play characters it's just the best all around. Three, I think, is a bit too simple. I think it's I think it's substantially easier than two is. Um, like, the secrets aren't quite so hidden, and the, the enemies aren't quite as hard. And then one is a little too on the basic side. It's obviously the first one they did that they built on that to make two. So if, if you want to play, if you want to give it a try, play Donkey Kong Country 2. It's uh, absolutely wonderful. And then if you're interested, go back and play one and play three, because they're... they're Almost as good, but not quite. Um, that's all that I've been playing. I'm hopefully before Hitman Three starts working, I'm going to be able to finish Donkey Kong Country Three and and Hitman Two.
0: Uh, and that's our game go for the week we'll jump into emails I've got two emails this week we're, we're, we're rocking with the emails first one is from uh, you know our, our, our resident emailer in chief Scott the boy McAvoy he wants to know about Wrestlemania this year says good evening Barry I'm wondering if the WWE is planning on two nights for Mania just in case the government decides to keep limits on public gatherings I would say you're correct on that one Scott that was my assumption also he goes on to say Florida has been one of the more open states over here Year, but even with that they haven't been close to allowing seventy thousand fans in one place if they have to split the event over two nights and put half in each night then that allows for more two uh for more two day and one day travel packages yeah i i i, I assume that's the case um i think they have put numbers out or my mistake is it 25 each night they put out twenty five thousand. Uh, didn't or am that. I making that up? I, I, I may maybe misspeaking on that. But yeah, I, I think they don't want... You know, if that's 50 in total, I don't think they want 50 in, in the place at one time. Um, so, yeah, that's that. That's a change. Scott goes on here. He says, is AEW starting to turn into the NWO? I don't mean that in that mm-hmm. everyone is part of one group, but it's starting to have the same look and the inmates running the asylum, letting the wrestlers write their own lines and their own stories is showing where the WWE doesn't let wrestlers write their own stuff when they first get there. Yeah, um, I mean, I think we talked a lot about Rusev, didn't we? On the old... Uh, uh, year in review, uh, show. And I think, I think, I think it's, 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 um, it's a balancing act. I think it's great to pitch people and say, Hey, come over here. We'll let you do what you want. But I think at the end of the day, uh, yeah. <laughs> they, they need to be pitching those ideas to someone who then makes a, a judgment call and says yes or no and I think uh, there's been a lot of successes in aew but I think there's been a couple where ooh let's let's maybe let's go back to the drawing board on that I, I think I, I I think I would I, I would rather have a situation like um uh, aew where mm-hmm. you go there and if you can come up with something great that's awesome and if you can't you flop um that that obviously means the television is maybe not as consistent as I as I would like, but I still I I find it a bit more compelling than um than than WWE's way of doing
2: things. Yeah, I mean the organic characters feel a bit more organic as a result. Of your your MJFs and your your Cody's, although Cody's obviously not a new a new person, but you know Sammy Guevara, MJF, they feel a lot more authentic, a lot more. Uh, organic, and also you avoid the problem it, that WWE has, where everybody speaks in the same voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not literally the voice, but the words. Everybody talks in that same robotic way.
1: And also, if if the creative's terrible, then everything shit is. Like yeah, all, WWE is like it's either all good or all shit. Um, and at the moment, it's all shit. <laughs>
0: And I, I, it is interesting yeah. There's, there's no. I think, I think it'll. I think AEW will probably struggle to have a real down period because because it seems like they have enough people involved with creative agency that, like, like Cody is obviously the benchmark. Cody makes sure he's not involved in anything stinky, more or less. So it's like you know this week's dynamite isn't great, but you know you, you're you're just around the corner from from a, a, a new Cody thing. You know, it's 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 uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 interesting for sure. Uh, Scott goes on here and says it's interesting to watch from the outside. I don't watch the weekly shows. Fans rip to WWE for not letting wrestlers show their personalities and how the company scripts everything. Then rip AEW for not having coherent storytelling and not helping the wrestlers with their promos. The longer AEW kind of flounders with their stories, the more I appreciate the WWE for having a smaller group in charge of the stories and following their vision instead of having 30 people write stories for themselves. I mean, I, I understand that, but I I, I still would... I, I would take AEW and its slight wonkiness at times. Uh, Every day of the week, twice on Sunday, as uh, Steve Austin. Well, well take, for example, the,
2: the Taz uh, Darby Allen Sting storyline. That's, that's feel like it's been building for months and months, and we're going to get a payoff to it. That's how storylines should work, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah. WWE has a propensity to also just drop storylines with no explanation and,
0: mm. you know. Uh but yeah, thanks very much, Scott. Interesting, uh, interesting uh, breakdown there of the two, the two, the two big league boys. Final point here from Scott is philosophical question of the week: philosophy golf, if you will. I've said that, not Scott. I'm not putting words in his mouth. He says, "Do you tend to hold others to a higher or lower standard than yourself?" Have a great week, Scott. Interesting. I would say, uh, I think people inherently. And I think I would probably do this as well, sort of expect better of others because I think that's easier to do, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Why is that noise? That's that's awesome. That's us getting our, our textbooks out and, and pondering the, uh, the, the, the nature well,
2: of it. I I inherently think that people are, are shit. <laughs> and I
0: I ah. I, I look at them with scorn.
1: Oh,
0: that's um, Miss Paul. Paul yeah, Paul, I, Paul expects nothing and is still disappointed.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I I be like I went for my walk today, and often you will come walking uh, against maybe two people who are coming in the opposite direction, walking side by side at uh, 95% of the time, do they go single file to no, give you a bit of space no. due to the COVID and all that's going on? No, they Never. do 20. Oh. And then I mutter under my breath, you fucking twat. And <laughs> we go our separate ways.
1: Yeah. yeah that is the thing. Well, I would say like, um, it's very easy though to think like sometimes like, I, I, you know, we always go single file. We just want to, Don't want to get too close to people, but occasionally, maybe we'll. You know, there might be the odd occasion we forget. It's very easy to think, ah, well, usually I do that. It's just this one time I'm not doing it. But if everyone just does it or doesn't do it occasionally, then it gives the impression to other people that they're selfish and don't ever do. You know, it's easy to perceive that someone else is very selfish and always does stupid things. But it could be, you know, it's just a one-off, and the perception, yada yada. Anyway.
0: Yeah, I I I I think in in light of like the pandemic and everything and and everything just being shit for everyone at, at every level. I think I have tried to do like be less judgy, but but at the same time it's just like it's really hard not to <laughs> um, I like, like uh, last night, me and me and Brona went for pizza, and there's a new place in town, and it's collection only, and it's it's like around the corner from the from the apartment. So I was like, all right, let's go get it. And this is this was a bugbear of mine before there was like an infectious disease uh, crippling the entire world. People who um, stand in a doorway having a conversation um, in like oh. a public space, either oh. either the entrance to a shop or if you're in the office, you know, the entrance to a to a room, like. Yeah. You have picked the worst place imaginable to have a conversation. You know people are going to walk past you, and especially like in these COVID times, I'm just like, I'm just like, like I, I sincerely, and I, I, you know, I, I do not play fucking Johnny COVID police. I don't. I've never, I, you know, I've never given out to a person for for walking too close to me or or any of that other shit, or or not wearing a mask. Like I think people should be considerate, but I've, uh, but I, I was just like. You are standing in a very small doorway and I'm on my way to get my food. I'm not it's not like it's not like two years ago where I'll just scooch past you and rub shoulders against you. I would like you to not be where you are. Do you know what I mean? Um but yeah. I don't know why I feel I feel like I just had that story angrily boiling up inside. Me. That doesn't really have anything to do with what we were talking about. But I just wanted to take a mention of how annoying it was. Well I get
2: that as well where and although this one's a little bit more look, people are just obviously not um T- thinking about it, you know, it's just it just happened. I I, I, I wouldn't blame people for it. But where people are like having conversation, where they they've met walking in opposite directions, and so they're standing like horizontally across a path mm-hmm. rather than to stand on one side of the pathway so people can walk past. And so you need to come up and kind of, as you're walking, kind of maybe scuff your shoe to give them a, a, a hey, I'm coming, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, sound effect. So they go, Ooh, and then they scoot across. That's that's also true for offices, where people stand having
0: conversations across corridors rather than standing uh, to the side. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I, I, that's that's our, our philosophy guff for uh, uh, the week. Um, thank you very much, Scott, for the philosophy and the wrestling chit-chat. Uh, I have an email here from Jamie. A, he says, it's a Barry video for Barry. Oh. He said, uh, he's got a YouTube link for me here, which I must check out in my spare time. He says, I heard you mention that great episode of Barry directed by Bill Hader, and thought I'd said along this video, comparing it to the Battle of Winterfell and Endgame, which all happened the same weekend. Well, wow, I, I did not realize even that the Battle of Winterfell and Endgame were, were the same weekend. Oddly enough, the episodes of Barry and Game of Thrones aired on HBO the same night, and both had small girls flying through the air carrying knives. Uh, onto the question. Being on furlough this month, I've watched about sixty films, including a bunch of classics for the what? for the for the first time. And Sing Street was by far the biggest surprise and easily in the top ten. Uh, have any of you lads seen it? Have you, I have not seen Sing Street. Have any either of you two seen Sing Street? No. No. Okay. Sorry, Jamie. <laughs> um, Sorry, uh no uh no sing street uh, uh takes for us but i will um uh, I'm, I'm bookmarking this barry video you sent me and i will uh let you know how it is uh thank you very much i i'm, I'm glad other people listening have uh watched and enjoyed uh that show uh that is that's emails for me thank you jamie and scott
1: i've got an email from uh scott as well he says good evening joe since this standard What wrestler would you like to see change shows slash companies is a bit tired now. How about you and Paul give Barry's voice a rest and discuss (laughs) who you would like to see change teams in the Premier League? What players do you think are being wasted on their team that could really be a star on another team? Challenge mode, you can't move players to your favorite team. Mm, We wouldn't do that anyway, Paul, because you know we're very Yeah, we we have the best
2: team in the Premier League by definition. We've already got the
1: best players. Uh,
2: Well, I certainly wouldn't move any Liverpool players to our team after today's result.
1: Um, They haven't scored in four games. embarrassing. Okay, so...
2: Good players on bad teams.
1: I think... I don't want to say they're a bad team because Spurs have been pretty decent, but I think Harry Kane and Son Son Min are... A fantastic double act. I think they could play for any team in Europe, really. Those two, um, if you put them together. And they're, back, they're, yeah. they're both tw- like 27, 28 years old. Mm-hmm. Like They're not young players. They're getting into their, their well, they're in their prime. So um, yeah. I think they should definitely be in Champions League, in title races. So yeah, hopefully. hopefully they get a move soon to Man United. That'd be good. <laughs> You're not allowed. Oh wait, me I, I meant there. no. Ugh.
2: I meant uh, Chelsea. Um, yeah, I think. Okay, let me think. So, a player who is maybe playing for a, a not quite as good team who would who would flourish under a different manager's style or a different style of play. I think. I think a player like Jack Grealish would would do well in a as much as it pains me to say, kind of a Man City team, I think he would do quite well. He's he's very creative, very quick. Um, I think a player like Tierney for Arsenal yeah. m- might suit a kind of uh, a defensive but counter-attacky type, maybe like a Chelsea, I think he might suit. Um I think uh, Werner for Chelsea. He might do well playing for maybe like a Wickham Wanderers or <laughs> <laughs> a Rotherham United. Maybe. <laughs> um, who else? Um, I think Danny Ings is a player. Although Southampton are doing quite well at the I? I think yeah. Ings would do well at one of the like. He obviously didn't.
1: didn't yeah, he's one. Of those, he's one of those that's sort of too good for them, but not good enough. For-
2: yeah, he might. He might do well at kind of like an Arsenal or a, or yeah. Leicester, maybe. Um, who else towards the bottom?
1: Nobody from the bottom teams, the bottom three, because they're all useless. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'd move. I think Werner and probably uh, what's his name, the other German at Chelsea, Havertz. Havertz. Yeah, they've been really disappointing. I think it's they uh, really have.
2: They're both very young, to be fair, but uh, Werner was knocking the goals
1: in in the Bundesliga last season. In the Bundesliga, yeah. Yeah. I wonder with Jack Grealish actually, I think it's you know, he's a top top player, but I wonder if he moved to a bigger club, would he get less time on the ball? Because whenever I watch a villa game, everyone is just like, pass it to Grealish, pass it to Grealish. <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean we we have that with Fernandez a little bit though. Yeah. And I know I noticed that in the Liverpool not so well, actually not so much in the Liverpool game today, but in the in the, the last couple of games where he's kind of not struggled, but he's definitely not kind of been banging the goals or assisting like he has been he is constantly looking for the ball and so he's always give me the ball here I am da, da, da. and when he's not having a great game the team kind of suffers as a result and when he's playing really well the team flourishes as a result um Grealish is is much in the same mold where when he's playing well villa are playing really well and when he's kind of struggling even if he's on the ball a lot villa kind of struggle and i think he's kind of a player that if you use a little bit less he you know he's still going to be as impactful the chances of that he gets mm. he maybe wouldn't have the responsibility entirely on his shoulders as he currently does um but i really rate him him and madison are players that we we really should have picked up in summer rather than rather than van de Bake who, mm. who has been a bit this especially today was was not particularly good um i think grealish and madison madison especially who's only like 24 um Really great players, and it'll be a shame if they end up going to like Man City or somewhere because those two I think are really good.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, finally, I will say, ooh I think Richarlison is one who's going to move to a big team probably mm-hmm. in the next
1: year or two as well. Yeah, for everything, he's a, he's a top player. Yeah, well, that's it. Uh, thanks, for that, Scott. He also gives us a pick one director's edition. So here okay. we go. We got three directors, we got David. Fincher. Uh, We've got Ridley Scott. Okay. And we've got Clint Eastwood. Oh, right. You feel lucky, punk? I've not seen a lot of
2: Eastwood as a director, I will say. I've seen more movies with him in than I've seen
0: that he directed. I was just earlier this week getting excited. I told Brona we have to watch it um, because Widows got added to to Prime. That is a. Banging movie. That is a banging movie, and that's Mr. Eastwood. Um, yeah. Twelve Years a Slave. Also, is that that's Eastwood? is it? it's not Eastwood. No, Twelve Years a Slave is Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen. say. Oh, Steve McQueen also does Widows. I don't know what I'm yeah. talking about. Um, <laughs> a different person, different, uh, anyway. a completely different human being, uh, not even closely related. Anyway,
1: um, what the fuck? Where? Did, how did I get those to me? I mean, you there was were you of, thinking of Steve McQueen, the actor, who's yeah. sort of like a bit of a Clint, you know? Yeah, I was, I was, yeah, I was literally getting
0: classic action, uh, <laughs> action heroes the, of the seventies mixed up for some Gil reason. East
1: Brenner, Clint Eastwood, yeah, all the. All the uh, wait, no. So East,
0: Eastwood did. <laughs> uh, Eastwood did, um,
1: he did, um, oh, super bad, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, did he do American Sniper? Yeah, yes, uh,
2: he did Million Dollar did Baby, did he direct oh,
1: that? Yeah. Uh, Unforgiven, he was one of his earlier ones. Um, what else did he do? Um, Mystic River, Gran Torino. Gran Torino. Did, was the Mule any good? I, I heard mixed things about that. I didn't see that. I didn't see that.
2: It did Richard Jewell, which I saw last year.
0: Uh, it was very good. I, I, I heard, heard that was incredible. Yeah. Um, Mystic Mystic River.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, he's got a sneaky sneaky good resume. To be fair to him, it's a good resume. Yeah. But I wouldn't say any of these films are sort of in my top top. Yeah. Uh, Mystic River is probably my favorite of those. He also directed Jersey Boys, the film. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's, he's got a few duds as well. I I wouldn't not hate it, but I thought I thought American Sniper was not a film for non-Americans. It was so weird <laughs> to watch. <laughs> I didn't, I only know didn't resonate I, I only know all. the baby
0: scene.
1: Oh yeah.
2: Oh, such a strange film. Um the other two, Fincher and um, Scott and Ridley Scott both Really good directors, but with, with duds like proper duds. Um, Fincher, to be fair, right? We go, let's go through the hits of Fincher, right? Mm. Fight Club, yeah, Seven. Oh,
1: yeah. oh bangers, bangers, yep,
2: yeah. Zodiac, oh, Social Social Network.
1: Yeah,
2: um, but then also Gone Girl, mm. um. The game, which I well, the, I like the game, like the but game. the game is the game wasn't a, a, a blow away film like the other ones, it was, it was a, a, a perfectly serviceable like mystery movie. Uh, uh he did Mank most recently, 17 there. Um, he did some directing on House of Cards as well. Uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Panic Room. Yeah. And then Ridley Scott, uh, Blade Runner, Alien, off top of my head.
1: Yeah, and Louise. Yeah,
2: yeah, Gladiator.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't Um, any any of his recent stuff. Just.
2: mm. Yeah, uh, he did Prometheus. Obviously, I liked. No, I like Prometheus, but and then it's not Alien. Um, he also did uh, that Robin Hood movie. He did The Martian, which was perfectly good. I think Martian's a bit overrated, if anything. Mm. Uh, he did All the Money in the World, which was an incredibly boring film. Um, he did Alien Covenant, which I've not seen. Uh, he did The Counselor, which I, I liked a lot. Yeah, it's weird
0: that uh, like he's involved in all those, like, shite, Alien follows up. Like, Yeah, I, yeah. you said like you said, Fincher has... Like peaks and valleys, and he's got his hits and misses i think I think Scott has had way more downs and and like i I would probably put alien above most of these other two filmographies, but like he's it's been pretty pretty bad after that you know I
2: like that when you made blade Runner his his edit of the movie answered somewhat comprehensively one of the questions about you know. Without giving anything away, what it means to be real versus mm. an android, uh, and then when Denis Villeneuve made the sequel, he was like, uh, "Forget about that. <laughs> I'm doing my thing." Um, I mean, I think on the balance of things, it's it's very close. But if if I was to only judge it based on like the good films and the films that I would revisit, the films that I enjoyed the most, oh. I think I would probably just about go Fincher. Yeah,
1: I would go Fincher. Is that yeah. a director I've seen every single one of his movies. Um, yeah, I mean that being said, I hate Gone Girl more than any.
0: <laughs> yeah, up. you you really hate Gone Girl. Like you really hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but I really like some of the other movies he made. So. I've I've kind of I have slightly been curious to like revisit Gone Girl, but like. Like, you, I, I also did not like it really at all. Um, and I thought it was like, it's just, there's nothing worse than a movie you don't like. And then also, like, you get the vibe that it thinks it is the greatest thing that's ever, you know, been made. There was a certain area yeah, about it, like, that it thought it, its swerve was the greatest thing, you
2: know. Well, you might need to revisit it knowing that it's like a pulpy, silly thriller rather than, like, I went in expecting a Fincher... You know, tense, dramatic, you yeah. know. And I thought it was, I thought it was silly nonsense. Um, I have an email as well, if if I may. Go on. Is that your email done by the way, Joe? Uh
1: yeah, that was it. Thanks, Scott.
2: Not not the cut across here. Uh yeah, uh, this this one is also from old um as Barry said, the resident evil of the podcast, uh, Scott McAvoy.
0: That's not what I said. <laughs>
2: Um he's the resident evil 4 the best one. Oh, um, great game. Good evening Paul. I've never played it. Uh a couple of weeks ago you and the boys discussed what AW gets out of working with Impact Wrestling. And I think the obvious answer is the knockouts. Mm. Mm, I don't know if, is that the obvious answer? I mean it's, yeah, obviously I, the knockouts. I, I, are... I, I think so. That
0: was that was the first thing I heard loads of people say when when it happened was yeah, the knockouts.
2: No, I mean in the sense of like we've not seen any evidence oh,
0: of that oh, yet. oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah.
2: Um, AW's women's division is meh at best. Well, you're, you're being generous, being generous, there. generous there. But, <laughs> but impact has had some solid female wrestlers, and if they can poach some of them, then AW gets better. This may also be the first step toward impact finally going under with Tony Khan making them an offer they can't refuse. You call me godfather for some of the wrestlers uh, that he wants and allowing the rest to go free. Um, that was one of my predictions, of course, lest we forget. That being said, who from Impact would you think would do well in AEW? Side note, the more people that AEW hires, the more I understand the brand split in WWE. they aren't enough mm. hours of wrestling each week to get everyone on each show. So putting half on each makes sense. Yeah, I definitely think AEW's roster is too
0: big. I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like that they don't get everyone on. I don't think I need to see everyone. Do you know what I mean? It's like the the, the Jurassic Express, they're not getting pushed right now, so I don't need them losing to FTR every single week. Do you know what I mean? I... I Sort of appreciate the depth of of having of C string wrestlers. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I just think they have too many C string wrestlers.
0: Oh uh, yeah, and below,
2: fair enough. <laughs> uh, like AW Dark, I, I like the idea of, but what, it's like a two and a half hour show at this point. It's longer than Dynamite. Yeah, I mean, that's a bit a bit too much. Um, who from Impact would do well in AW? What
0: um, if it even guns? Yeah, more,
2: tag, yeah, maybe more of the tag team skew. AW's got a very good tag team um division. And in terms of like the main events, the the rich swans and the of the world, yeah, the Eric Young, yeah. I don't know, there's a lot of impact that we kind of we've seen before and yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. I
2: I like Chris Bay, I like um Austin Ace or Ace Austin, whatever the fuck his name is the <laughs> lad. <laughs> The lad with the ace card. Good on that one show I watched last year, Slammiversary. Um,
0: that's about it. I think.
2: Yeah,
0: I, 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 <laughs> okay. to go, Shamrock. To go back to 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 what, like, yeah, I think I think the women I would like to see Diana Porrazo. Um, mm-hmm. y- you know, Jordan um, oh, Jordan Grace, obviously, uh, he he originally asked, though, and we we were all asking this question like, "Oh, what is what is AEW getting out of this?" To be honest, like Private Party showed up on Impact and they won number one contendership, and Kenny pinned Rich Swan clean. I'm starting to wonder what's Impact getting out of this. <laughs> they're, they're getting the the rub of working with AEW, but AEW is beating all their guys. It's like it's like you, they are not in a position to just be hammered by the big leagues. Well, I mean, him. at the same time,
2: AEW weren't going to be coming in and doing the jobs to Impact.
0: Yeah, yeah. you know, they yeah they weren't going to be doing any J.O.B.s. That's, that's fair. Like, we'll bring Kenny in and our champion will pin him. Yeah. <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> oh, Scott also has a pick one for uh, actresses named Elizabeth, right? Oh! So, first of all, Elizabeth Shue, who I think I've only seen in the Back to the Future sequels? I'm not certain who that is. She's the
1: girlfriend.
2: Oh, uh, okay. The, who who got recast. In two and three, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I've lost his email. It's
1: in right. the karate kid as well. Uh Adventure.
0: And 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 AD's it sounds like.
2: Um <laughs> eh, I don't want to be mean, but like Back to the Future one was better than Back to the Future two and three, if you can. <laughs>
1: just... <laughs> hawk hawk.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um elizabeth banks who i think i've seen i've seen in far more things than Elizabeth. yeah banks.
0: yeah i've seen plenty of banks
2: um that sounded dirtier than i think you mean the
0: i've
2: made a deposit or two in my time jesus And then finally, who? Someone that I saw in a movie just the other day. I didn't talk about it in MovieGov because I didn't watch the whole movie. And uh, it's a movie I've probably seen about a hundred times. Uh, star of Austin Powers, Elizabeth
0: Hurley. Oh, there's a name. Yeah, there is a name that I have not heard in 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 quite quite a quite a bit. She was on Drag
2: Race the other week as a guest judge, and she is still the poshest woman in the world. That's good. So I'm glad she hasn't lost her way. Her voice is so weird. It's oh yes, this drag queen is quite good. I,
0: I watched some um drag weeks during during the week. Oh there you go. Which is cause the missus had on. It. it was interesting. It was competitive. You know, they they've they've, they've it is. They've they're all good. She's on season eleven. Season eleven's a good season. Uh, they've they some good promos on that show. Anyway, um <laughs> very good promos. The framework is great. Uh, I mm, Hurley's an interesting one. Um, very nineties. Lots of you know you got your Austin Powers, bedazzled with one Brendan Fraser. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. I feel like Elizabeth Shue is the obvious weak link. Yeah,
2: I'm gonna go Banks. She was in the uh, the Muppets, the Lego Movie, Scrubs, which I love. Uh, seven or
0: eight Seth Rogen movies.
2: Yeah, Hunger Games. Pitch Perfect, 30 Rock. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll go
0: Banks. That's yeah. It's it's boss time. We're going Banks. <laughs> well,
1: there you go. Uh, Clearly Elizabeth Shue for me, just for Back to the Future. I can't, for I can't pick anything else. Uh. Um,
0: is, that, is that it for emails? It is. Thank you, uh, Jamie and Scott, for the gargantuan efforts. Uh, it's good topics. I appreciated those emails from yeah. the boy, McAvoy, the, the Resident Evil 4 as he's now, but you, you, you've not played Resident Evil 4? No, I do have it on
2: the, I picked it up for like four euro on a PS4 style. I yeah, I
0: like, it, it, I've seen people, I've watched people play it like in the last calendar year and it's like, they seem to dig it. I, I look at it and I'm kind of just like, Um, it's very much a case of like, this is walked so fucking Last of Us could run or whatever the expression, like, I it, right. it's, it was incredibly influential, but to the point now where I'm like, okay, fifteen years later, do you, would you go back and play it and go, oh, uh, other stuff has iterated on this really well, and now it's kind of weird to go back to, um, you know.
2: Well, it obviously it was originally on GameCube and then was ported to Wii, and I know I know a lot of people really hold the Wii version. Yes, yeah, I never, I, I never played it, but they they do. Yeah. And, and I I actually own also the Wii version, which I, I it was my my brother's, not mine. But um, if I do play it, maybe I'll play the Wii version rather than the, I don't know.
0: I will play it one day. I know it's really, really well-regarded. And I I think, much to everyone's chagrin, I think that, like, Switch port they did does not have the Wii motion, even though one of the Joy-Cons has a motion gimmick in it. Um yeah. very disappointing, but yeah, that's that's ports for you. It's a messy business. Anyway. And now it's time for the Resident Evil Six of quizzes. Oh, ah, don't be so harsh on this quiz. This quiz is better than Resident <laughs> Evil Six. This is like this is like this is a solid like Resident Evil 3. You know, it's it's it's, it's a solid little quiz. That's right, folks. It's
2: Dwayne Johnson Busters, it's back. Uh we have five clues for Joe and Barry to get I'll give you your first clue is that it's it's an AEW special I believe like Joe did last time okay excellent yeah it's another AEW special I'm sorry if some of these clues are ones that Joe did I don't remember what what ones he did Lovely. Uh, hopefully if the answer is the same the clue at least will not be the same I also came up with a new example clue
1: um
2: an AEW-themed example clue, right? So, here's the clue. If you've, ne- if you've never heard Dwayne Johnson busters before, it's it's a cryptic clue to a, a wrestler's name. Such as I'm about to say. So, I ask you, Barry, if you believe in Father Christmas, what do you say? No. Well, you say no, you say... Santa.
1: Santana. Santana. <laughs>
0: Not bad,
1: not bad. (laughs) It's
0: literally a rockbuster clue that I stole. Yeah, no, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. You're cribbing from the master, you know.
2: (laughs) So that's how it works. I asked Barry if he believes in Father Christmas. He says Santa. Nah. Santana, the wrestler from AEW. Yeah, beloved, yeah,
0: beloved, proud and powerful star, yeah. Exactly.
2: Right. So we have five AEW stars. I will preface this by saying... It's shit. Okay, maybe no, no, no. The opposite. Maybe with the exception of <laughs> one. With the exception of one, which is maybe a bit of a a bit of a reach. I think the I think these are honestly good, and I think these honestly work. Okay,
0: okay, okay. okay.
2: So we'll start off with an easy one. They get they'll get progressively harder, but we'll start with the easy one, right? Shout out uh, the answer if you know it. If the guys don't know it, I will then give them the initials of the wrestler, and then. They can guess again. Okay. So, first clue give that suit maker a right old throw. Chuck Mm -hmm. Taylor. Chuck Taylor is
1: correct. That's very good. Very, very good. Very good. Well done.
2: Chuck Taylor. Correct, Joe. One point for you. Well done, Joe. Uh, Number two. Uh, Aha, right? The band. (laughs) (laughs) right what if they sang their famous song but instead it was about a hot leafy drink
0: take on tea take on tea is correct uh, the problem with this quiz is that my reaction time is just shit that's why I always lose
2: (laughs) so Obviously, tea there is the leafy drink. Take on me. If they're singing about tea, it would be take on tea. Very
1: good. Take on tea.
2: Okay. (laughs) Um, He should come out to that. That's great. (laughs) So the the Aussie, right? The lad from Australia. He uses his hammer to stick that red flower to the wall.
0: (laughs) Oh... Uh, Nyla Rose. Oh, yeah. That's correct. One
1: point for Barry. I'm crying on oh. Rose. Oh my <laughs> oh, <hell>. Nyla Rose. <laughs> Nyla Rose. Naila.
2: <sighs> that's that's right. You've you've given the reason for that one already. So two one to <laughs> Joe is the score. Nyla Nail, Rose. Very good. Uh, fourth one for Barry to potentially level it up here. Uh, the lad with the lisp, right? He's a very bad winner. What's he calling me that
0: for? Luther. Correct. <gasps> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, the original Death Dealer, Luther. Luther, the um, worst major league wrestler of all time, by the way. I never need to see Luther again so long <laughs> as I live.
2: I was amazed by, first of all, how bad a wrestler he was, but then also his promo was horrible on uh, Dynamite there this week. Yeah. Uh, not good at anything. And the final one, this is the tough one. This is the one that, you know, if, you, mm. if you're going to give out to me about Clue Network, and this might be the one. Uh, Scores 2-all, your final Clue. The Scottish fella (laughs) uh, The Scottish fella is given out Because he can't work with a file That small (coughs)
0: Uh, Kenny
2: Omega Kenny Omega is the correct answer I I I
0: only know Kenny
2: Kenny uh, because the, the the size of a file would be like maybe uh, you know oh, how big is that yeah. file? It's, it's five mega. It's five. This one's omega, it's so
0: small. That's it's really, it's so smart. okay. Uh, the other ones were genuinely good. That one was bad. Oh, like, bad. Uh, Kenny, like, and it's not even close to a regular Kenny omega. <laughs> what means? <laughs> well, can you tell me what's wrong, uh, Kenny Omega? What, mate? Again, you're missing. I feel like you're missing a preposition and a verb in this in this sentence. Could you try again? I, <laughs> I I'm oh, Kenny Omega. <laughs> I, <can't>, I Omega.
1: <laughs>
0: that is hard. <laughs> that doesn't it work. work. Uh, you could have said the Scottish fella can't get a tryout for the Hardy's backyard fade. Uh, Kenny Omega. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was good. So that was you. You were correct. Those were mostly you, some of the best ones we've had. Mm. Take Conti I was happy with. Take Conti was good. The, uh, Chuck Taylor was very, very good. To be fair, uh, Luth- Luther Luther was not bad as well. Yeah, uh, although I'll well, where he was bad. What a segue. Let's chat about a a fairly middling to poor episode of Dynamite this week. Um, It opened with the negative one birthday celebration and it was interrupted by the Chaos Project. And I realized that they don't want to have like actual stars beaten up by the childs which I understand, but oh my god, I don't need to see Chaos Project on telly, I really don't. Especially Luther coming out with his his shrill little nerd voice. And he's... He, sa- he sounds a lot like Chris Jericho, actually. Do you think so? To
2: me, yeah, he, had the, he has that high-pitched Canadian whine. I don't even know if he
0: is Canadian. But... Yeah, but also, uh, but like, none of the charisma or anything like that, and he just, yeah. he just looks ridiculous. I mean, I feel like he should be like the fifth man in a GCW opener. Like he just his look is horrible and he's no good. So anyway, so he breaks up the, the birthday party and that leads into a tie. And I, I just thought the show was off to such a bad start with that to be honest. Yeah, I mean
2: the the Brody Lee thing was horrible and very sad. And I I accept that, okay? I'm gonna say a thing that's very negative about the opening segment, the birthday party, great, nice, very nice of them to do. I don't need, I don't, I feel like I don't need to be seeing this kid on Dynamite every week anymore. Is that, a, is that a horrible thing to say? No, I I get where you're coming from, and I I kind of agree. Like the tribute was lovely, the fact that he got the birthday thing was lovely as well. But like, he's a child. Let the child be a child again. Now you know. Uh, even have him backstage if he loves that, and that's fine, but like okay
1: yeah. I'll put him on dark, this is the YouTube show anyway,
2: yeah, I don't know, um, but then this going up against the inauguration it was always gonna be like a Doctor Luther show anyway, mm.
0: um, yeah. I don't know. The match oh, yeah. was, I, I forgot about Spain Yeah, it was uh, they they didn't want to waste anything good on a on a show they thought it a show that actually did alright, you know. Um, uh, what else was um uh on this show? Cody versus Peter Avalon. Um it- that match felt like it was about an hour long. Yeah, so they they did a shitty WWE trope, which is that Cody immediately hits his move, and then, oh my god, that's Jade Cargill's music, and Cody, like a fucking dipshit, looks at her for like... <laughs> Two minutes, allowing this absolute jabron to <laughs> to recover and get the heat on him. Yeah, like you said, for about an hour. Oh my god! Like, like uh, again, I get. So they didn't want to burn a good match, but they also couldn't have him squash him because they had to fill time. But oh man, that was just that was brutal. That was that was not a good time.
2: Um, also, Jade Cargill's abs were so muscly; they were like coming out of her dress uh, she is an extremely fit young lady she is
0: quite quite the athlete uh, she would beat Conor McGregor's ass or she would stomp him in heels as well she would just absolutely annihilate him he's a little weedy little boy um, and she, her muscles are bigger her ab, one of her abs is bigger than his head um <laughs> Uh, yeah. What else was
2: there on this show? Oh, before we move on, Cody has got to get rid of that Snoop Dogg.
0: Oh yes. Oh, it's terrible. It's horrible. I, wonder, that- I wonder. I wonder. I wonder. Are they keeping it for as long as the the the, the Go Paul White is on? Um, <laughs> um Like you know, is that because Snoop is on that show? So is that the connection? But that, it's it's so bad. I mean, it's really terrible. It it's it real awkwardly just cuts into the chorus of the old side it is. It is like the the WWE tag team songs of old, where they just, where they literally just cut off on the fader and sample in the new the other person's song, like yeah, yeah. it's well awesome. I came to big show. It's that. Yeah, it's that exact thing. It's all, but without the fun of Cody tagging with Snoop Dogg, you know, um, yeah. Which, which speaking of, I really like their Jericho MJF mashup song. That one wasn't bad, yeah. That was that, that was a, that one kind of kind of worked. Um. So yeah, I actually was so bored of the show I did not watch the main event. Um. I don't even remember what the main event was. Oh, it was that match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's because, yeah. And I was just like, all right, I'm not into this, and I don't want to watch six heels to have a tag match.
2: So. No, I agree. Um,
0: and then
2: J- John Moxley beat a very a very big man, Nick Camorato.
0: Yeah, I I saw some of his stuff on Dark. I don't watch Dark every week, but I had it on there like last week. He's you know he's an interesting prospect. He's a he's a big muscle caveman looking fella. It was alright.
2: Um, what else? Matt Hardy, Private Party. Uh, Oh yeah, Private Party are are heels now, by the way, Uh, (sighs) which makes their impact thing funny, where their heels going against the heel. AW, you know, aligned tag team champions.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I feel like them as heels is such a huge mistake. They're gonna do all their cool moves as heels. Um. Oh, Hardy is just. uh no, no more. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to say because I've already done loads of Hardy rants. So I was like, oh, let's get him out of here. Um. Enough. They, we had a little bit of advancement in the at long last in the Sting thing. Um, th- yes. there was a uh, Darby Sting Team Taz yelling match, where B- Taz was like, oh, let's fight in the streets, kid," and then Darby's like, "Be careful what you wish for." And they didn't, they didn't announce it on the show, but then after the show, they put up a graphic that they are doing a street fight with Darby and Sting versus Ricky Starks and Brian Cage. Um, which they just build it as a street fight, so maybe it won't be cinematic. I don't know. Um,
1: yeah, or s- some kind of hybrid. Mm. Maybe, yeah. I mean, it's just going to be Sting hitting people with a baseball bat. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean... By the uh, way, by the way. Because uh,
0: I, I, think, I think even at 62, I think Sting can do a walk and brawl. Uh, attitude error, I grab Ricky Stax by his neck and drag him into the crowd and throw him into the wall, and then he... he Knees me in the gut and then he throws me into the wall and then the camera doesn't come back to us for a half hour, Um you know. <laughs> yeah, I, d- I, don't think Sting is going to be doing the Matt Hardy bump off. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, 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 and I can definitely see as well because WWE have been doing this with their with their old men in the last couple of years. Like Sting will be a house of fire; he'll lay everyone out, and then the they'll cut away, and then they'll go backstage and. What looks like Sting taking a death bump off a stage off camera? Do you know what I mean? Like he'll yeah. he'll do he'll do a crash pad bump, and then it'll be twenty minutes of beating the shit out of Derby, and then Sting will come.
2: Yeah, they, well, they, yeah, they could do the they could even do the Terry Funk like yeah. he gets injured a minute into the match and then comes back with a flaming brand with
0: like a bandage on his eye. Oh, if he if he came back with a flaming scorpion brand, that would be incredible. Uh, Yeah, and then that
2: main event was like a nothing tag match that ended and then went off the air in, within five seconds. Oh, really? Yeah, there was there was no like, oh my god, Jericho and MJF won. <laughs> it was one, two, three. By God, folks, stay tuned
0: for Austin Powers 3 on TNT. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, what's going to happen? We're going to have to ask Gold Member. <laughs> That was it. It was a very abrupt, weird ending. I do, I do love that they're constantly just having to be oh, great action here. Tay Conte, beautiful suplex. Speaking of beautiful suplexes, Transformers Two coming up after <laughs> after Dynamite.
2: You know, coming up here on TNT is the Italian job. No, not the original, the Mark <laughs> Walder version. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and of course I know it's on a lot of people's minds here as Cody Rhodes taking it to Peter Avalon here but don't forget Godzilla the one from 1998 coming up it's on all the people's <laughs> mouths <laughs> 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 now I know what you're thinking, there, folks. You're just like uh, five, five.
2: <laughs> you're thinking, Matt Hardy will wait for Matthew Broderick.
0: <laughs> Godzilla tonight. Now, you you might be thinking to yourself, well, six dollars for the Disney Plus? Get the hell out of here! Well, don't you worry, you don't have to pay six dollars because you watch TNT, and we've got one of the event, one of the shit Avengers movies on after after this episode of Time. <laughs> <laughs> oh dearie me! Anyway, see so yeah, anyway, like like dynamite, we need to end appropriately. Yeah, that was not not a great dynamite, but whatever, you know. It was like we said, it was a, a nothing week. They pushed they pushed Revolution out to the first week of March, so they have got a little bit more time to build up their card and to tell us what that Sting match will be. But anyway with all due course uh, that's going to do it for this week we'll be back next week with maybe some Hitman chat, we'll see if Paul can get in we'll see if the servers allow him to play uh,
2: depends on IO Interactive, not on me baby
0: uh, so we will um, report back and just all the other usual fun and games I'll try and watch that video that Jamie sent me and I'll report back on that and um, yeah so uh, thanks very much for listening folks uh, thank you for emailing Jamie and Scott uh, if you want to email com, is where you go to do that and uh, yeah we'll be back next week so it's goodbye from me Barry, it's goodbye from Joe goodbye and it's goodbye from Paul goodbye